you have to submit to being ignorant of not knowing my lifestyle is not just dependent on me. It's dependent on family. Right. Like it, what I provide today affects mm -hmm. my tomorrow. I honestly feel like the solution partially is separating your identity from your profession. I want to be somewhere certain and but uncertainty is here. Yeah. All right, Aftergrads, welcome back to another episode of the Aftergrad podcast. I'm Robert Kane. And I'm Victoria Gilbert. And today we're just going to have a light conversation about perfectionism, how it has risen up in our lives, what that looks like, some of the challenges of navigating being a perfectionist and <laughs> different milestones that we've had to overcome in regards to trying not to be a perfectionist. Yeah, I mean, I think now perfectionism has a bad rap. I, I think it's changed before. Like people be like, oh, I'm a perfectionist. And the connotation with that would typically be, oh, I'm organized or I'm really attentive to detail. And I see things that most don't see. But now it's coming into like a detriment to a lot of people, including mm -hmm. really including myself. Yeah. Oh, and likewise <laughs> over here. No, I definitely feel the burn. I mean, historically, but then also presently. And I think today we also wanted to bring around this perfectionism moment in regards to our show, the journey that we've taken when we started back in November all the way up until now, but mm -hmm. also talking about how being a perfectionist, I guess in some senses has helped us, but also hampered us in various moments yeah. when we're trying to execute things in both our personal careers, but also creating a vision for the Aftergrad podcast mm -hmm. and what that has looked like thus far. Mm -hmm. Like in interviews, that was my go-to. You know that question that they all ask is like, "What is your weakness?" And you, and it's a trick question because you always have to say your weakness, but then you have to come full circle yeah. and you know make it seem Frame like it. it's yeah, not you that gotta bad. Bubble it up and wrap right. it up. Yeah. <laughs> well, mine was always, "Oh, well, I'm a perfectionist, and at times, you know, I get really, really intense yeah. with getting things right, and so much so that it ends up being a detriment sometimes in time or sometimes in execution." Yeah for like a whole team or whatever, see how bad I'm making it sound right now. But then no, I, no, I would no. eventually bring it full circle and express how it has helped me in so many things as well, especially in like the creative realm and I don't know, catching faults and yeah. things. Yeah, I <laughs> know that's part of what, I mean, being a perfectionist or loving the idea of perfectionism, I guess. I mean, it has its ups and downs. And I mean, it's funny that you were mentioning like the weakness question because I was thinking of a moment that would be what I would say in interviews up to a certain point. Mm -hmm. But I feel like there's a better way to frame it. And I think you were getting yeah. around to that better way. Like maybe you're extremely detail oriented or you have high degree of senses where you can adhere or you see things coming before others do, mm -hmm. right? Those are ways that I guess being a perfectionist isn't a bad thing, mm -hmm. although it can't over time, like have a bad rap or it can be in a situation where we're feeling overwhelmed or we're experiencing pressure to mm -hmm. perform in a particular way that maybe society or our bosses, for instance, mm -hmm. expect us to be. And so yeah. it's kind of like finding a middle ground of accepting the fact that, I mean, being a perfectionist in a lot of instances is arguably a good trait to have, mm -hmm. especially when you're creating things on your own and you're trying to be your own boss, or even when you might be in a corporate environment or regardless, you might be in university, it doesn't matter, like having that desire to quote unquote, be perfect. Or I think a lot of it also comes down to caring about the work that you're doing and the output mm -hmm. that you're executing. Yeah. A lot and of times. That was like a lot of the things that were leading up to this conversation today is like, as we were preparing for season two, our perfection, 
perfectionist tendencies were starting to catch up to us, specifically with like delivering on a certain date, delivering on a certain vision um, and getting together everything right so that we can finally see what we have seen within. Mm, Um, And so that's why we were like, oh, no, we got to start with this because it was the very thing that was kind of getting in our way with starting restarting the show. Yeah. A hundred percent. And I mean, that actually brings me to a comment that was actually shared. I mean, definitely in season one, when we were putting out the episodes, I think the big thing for me, I was talking about consistency in a particular sense last episode, but for us, we felt like it was just about starting, right? And creating Mm -hmm. foundation. We always say that it's better to at least have some sort of progress in the vision that you're trying to execute rather than trying to be perfect. And I literally majored in media studies, right? So for me, when it comes to visuals and things of that nature, I care deeply about the final product, but at the same time, what we were doing with the Aftergrab podcast, there was the great resignation, people were quietly quitting, all of these different things were happening so quickly and abruptly, it felt like we had no other choice but to talk about it. Mm-hmm. So immediately, and we were in an environment, and I was making this comment at the end of episode one, where we felt like the time was now, right? it had to be done then. Right. And we were in an environment, it was a very small Regardless of what we had, regardless, regardless of, what we, of had, what we were doing using at the, the same time. That were at our disposal. Yeah, yeah. And <laughs> when I think back to our first episode, it's like, ooh, mighty wow. cringe. Oh my gosh. Mighty the audio cringe. wasn't even on. I literally I- double checked <laughs> later on the, on the media playback and I was like, Victoria, our mics yeah. weren't even on. But That's it's insane. the fact that we started, right, it's we like, it and that, that is what we got to talk about today is getting over that perfectionism mm-hmm. and like realizing that just simply starting is it. That's it. That's that's the perfect part. Yeah. Because it, we were trying to hit a timing. There was so much happening mm-hmm. that we were experiencing. And for us to have waited and waited and waited for sure. it to be right, for to purchase the right camera or the right microphone, mm-hmm. we would have lost the moment, yeah. lost the beauty in like what we're sharing and what we're discovering, mm-hmm. you know? So- Yeah, I'm very proud of us in that regards. Mm -hmm. But at the same time, in the work world as well, like we have to remind, we have to keep reminding ourselves of this lesson because it never stops. Like the minute, even though we started getting the episodes out and so forth, by the time we came back around, it's like, okay, we had a vision, but it still wasn't there. It wasn't what we wanted entirely. Right. And we had to be okay with that. Excuse me. We had to be okay with that. And we had to also be okay with others seeing the unperfect get on that, getting the imperfect and vision that, that listen that's tough that's tough because so you know people are looking at like oh these are babies yeah right like <laughs> they, they still got to grow into themselves they don't know what they're doing they don't know what they're doing Ooh. right and those are thoughts <laughs> that were swirling around i know in my yeah. mind your mind and obviously also i was talking about like a comment that was shared with us or with me personally because mm-hmm. thank you we love feedback and there was an aftergrad who reached out to me an older aftergrad <laughs> who basically shared feedback on our visual and said, I love what y'all are talking about, (laughs) but if I could just offer my two cents. And thank you for those two cents because we appreciate it. We really do. Because I'm a person, on top of being a perfectionist, I love constructive criticism. criticism, And it might be because I come from a sports background, so you constantly have to have an open ear to coaches and so forth. So I'm all about it. But geez Louise, when I do get it, I'm like, "Mm, if only you knew. Regardless, if only you knew, I know. But I think that was the beauty in what we were able to do. We were able to swallow that mindset and shift it and push it to the side and say, you know what, in this moment right here we know what vision we're working towards but Mm -hmm. we just have to work with what we have work within the environment the small apartment that we were in the lights weren't giving what we wanted we're using one camera now we're using three cameras for a multi-cam setup but we're using our iphones we haven't upgraded to a full 
camera moment yet. Mm -hmm. And I think my perfectionist says, oh, I, I hate that. But then I look at the work that we're doing and I'm so proud of it, how we were able to create the studio, continuing to post mm -hmm. and elevate the vision. I feel like you have to, as a creative, but then also just in general, with whatever work that you do, you have to give yourself room to grow. Mm -hmm. And I think what we did, we intentionally planned milestones that we wanted to work towards yeah. while putting out something that we knew wasn't perfect or close to the vision exactly. that we wanted. And I'm okay with that because now yeah. we're here right. and we've seen the progression and, it and keeps that's a beautiful going. thing and it keeps building upon itself. Yeah. I have a question. Do you mm -hmm. feel like the trait of being a perfectionist is like a born thing or a learned habit that you, that grows over time? And like for you personally, where do you mm -hmm. feel like your perfectionist started or uh, began? <laughs> oh, like I love that question. I think it depends on the person. If you're a Virgo, hi. I think that for you, it might be intrinsic. It might be something that's built in. I love my Virgos. I'm Virgo moon. Yeah. But I think it can be both learned, but I think it can also be something that you're naturally born with in terms of like learned behavior. I'm thinking about literally our education system as a whole. We're constantly being forced to maintain metrics. If you didn't get an A+, plus, you're not perfect. Mm -hmm. And you're, then you're forced to compete and compare yourself to other people. And you're not even focused on what I've always viewed as the ultimate goal of education, which is to learn and internalize, not to recite information and to pass a test. And I feel like that's something that the girls nowadays, especially when I was in university, it was always about plug and chug. You know, I'm right. thinking about my mathematics degree mm -hmm. and how it was always about, okay, just tell me the information that I need for the test. I never internalized that mentality because I just love to learn and I'm mm -hmm. so curious. And I feel like there's a decline in intellectual curiosity right now, which is majorly unfortunate because we have to, as you said yeah. in the last episode, and as we just published on our IG as well, this need to continuously learn. So mm -hmm. I definitely think that it can be both learned, but then it can also just be born specifically like yeah. with me. I think it's a combination of both. I think my background coming from like a low income background, being raised by a single mother, hard work was always around mm -hmm. me. And I knew that even to this day, if I want to adjust my tax bracket, I have to work <laughs> hard. I have yeah. to be intense and quote unquote perfect, at least in my eyes. So it can be somewhat of a detriment, but I just know and remember growing up in my world, the only thing that I could genuinely control was academics mm -hmm. in my life. And I internalized that. And I have no problem saying that publicly. That mm -hmm. was the one thing in my realm that I could control and have total influence. <laughs> and I had unhealthy practices that yeah. allowed me to get to that point where I was achieving this perfect academic vision for myself. For example, I mean, I literally wouldn't eat sometimes in order to achieve a certain grade on a test. Yeah. I, I just wouldn't. And I would force myself, I would kind of structure it as almost a reward. Like mm. I can't eat until I feel confident that I'm going to go and ace this test. Mm. And it was interesting because I was going at it from a perspective like these grades, me being perfect in the classroom is going to help me shift beyond everything emotionally that I'm experiencing currently. But I still always, like I said earlier, had that urge and desire to, to learn. I cared even when I was in math class, I didn't care just about the formula. I wanted to know who created the formula. Mm. Where's that person from? Where did they hail from? What was their thought process? Mm -hmm. Why did they create this formula? So that's always how my mind works. And mm -hmm. so I think, yeah, it can definitely be learned based on your upbringing. But I think some certain people 
have that tendency outright when they're born mm. what about you friend uh yeah i think it's something learned i think it comes over time through like not necessarily traumatic events but just through events and then personally for me i i know it blossomed mm -hmm. in sports for me because yeah. like you're watching tapes you're training like hours and hours a day and you're you have these coaches who are saying everything everything you do Every time you train, that all matters and that all will like lead up to your result, mm -hmm. essentially, even down to like what you eat. Yeah. I took that. And then on top of that, the coming of the day of like, competition, you have to perform. Right. And you have people who are in the stands who are looking at you, including mm. like recruiters and yeah. so forth. And so there was automatically a huge pressure for me, I, I, <laughs> and maybe this is why, you know, I no longer play the sport yeah. because it wasn't necessarily for me, but I know it's for other people, but it was all about making sure that I pleased my coaches or that I pleased the recruiter or that I pleased my dad. Yeah. Um, and so that mentality was always questioning what other people are thinking and mm -hmm. you can't control what other people are thinking. And it's taken me so many years to understand and truly grasp that yeah. <laughs> and to release my pressure that I would feel. And, you know, I'm probably describing anxiety yeah, right now. So like bit. people who Maybe are listening in are like, girl, yeah. sis, I don't think. Yeah. So, um, but yeah, it made me really attentive to detail. And then also like I was really into the arts and so mm -hmm. forth. So the creative space, like with colors and stuff, I wanted everything to be right. And I wanted everything to look a certain way. So yeah, I think it was I want to say it was learned. Yeah. I want to say it was learned and then a little mixture of anxiety and mm -hmm. being an introvert by nature as yeah. well. But I've come full circle and I'm kind of, hey, like you could say you've come full circle. I'm very tentative. I'm still about, working on it. Exactly. Like, it like there's a new thing. You're always going back and forth. <laughs> right. It's like when you climb one mountain, what do they say? Like you have a there's new mountain. mountain. Yeah, right. you couldn't see the horizon. <laughs> there's so a better way of saying it, but. Mountains would be up there. Yeah. Right. I don't know the exact way of that phrase, but for you guys who know, y'all know. Mm -hmm. um, but essentially uh, what I feel like the peak of the mountain of understanding this was realizing also taking pressure of time. I feel like time has like, if there's a formula for being a perfectionist, mm -hmm. I think there's time is yeah. somewhere in there. And it's a, definitely. there's a multiplication sign right next to uh -huh. it as well. Cause it definitely yeah. multiplies the effect of perfectionism. I feel like for me personally, time exacerbated my perfectionism as well, because I felt like, and I'm transpiring outside of like sports now. And I'm back into like reality, everyday living, lifestyle, yeah. career, and so forth with a pressure of time on your back. And that could be for so many things like bills or like getting into the school you want or being recruited at the right time. Then you feel like that in order to get to the right location, you have to make every step perfect to get the timing right. Mm. And I had to unlearn that and realize that it's in the imperfection that you actually end up where you need to be. Yeah. And so for an example, my career trajectory, mm. Again, like I felt like coming out of college, I was supposed to be in a corporate position to get to the end goal. Um, and that's something I'm very blessed to have a vision of what I want to be in the future and so forth. Cause I know some people are still trying to figure that out for yeah, themselves, but sometimes I remember someone saying like, you're either like a, you can visualize where you're going to be, but you don't have an idea of like where you're going. Like today or you're very good at like knowing what's happening today but you don't really have a good projection of what is to come and so i'm definitely the other person where like i have this vision or have this vision board that's like future right but i don't necessarily know what it looks like today so i've always spent so much time and per being very perfect or like 
yeah, I, I just always spent so much time trying to figure out what was supposed to be today, what's supposed to be tomorrow, what's supposed to be next year so that I can reach that vision. Yeah. Right. And so that was kind of transpiring with time. And there was like, I felt like if I made every step right, right now in my time, then I can get to the vision faster. Mm-hmm. And you've that, switched. You've changed your mindset on that. Yeah, I realize I have to be imperfect. I have to like have the m- mistakes. I have to get through all of that, and I have to take time in it, and I have to like ruminate with it. And yeah. that's something I always say is like really find comfort in the uncomfort zone. And yeah. then also like now that I've lost track of time, I've also lost track of being so perfect. Mm-hmm. And I realize that that is part of the growth process. And I know we preach this a lot on the show, but it's one thing to say it, but of course it's another thing to do it. And to constantly be where I'm at right now, not necessarily incorporated, but also not necessarily a freelancer. It's very awkward, <laughs> very, very flipping awkward. Cause I'm like, okay, well I know where I'm exactly where I want to eventually mm-hmm. end up, but I can't be perfect about today. Never. I can't think about the bad decisions that I've made and think that it's a detriment to my result yeah. um, and realize that that actually is part of getting to the result. And I have to Always. learn those things in order to get to that vision yeah. or that place that I so see for myself. And that's but, like the full circle moment, I yeah. think, at the end of the day, because kind of in our newsletter too, for Unlearn, we mention certain learnings and certain quotes from people that kind of formulate that thought around like, for example, what it's like to be in your 20s, we graduate mm-hmm. and then we make the transition. And then you, like you were saying, there's kind of two ways to, in some sense, structure your vision or structure your perfectionism. One with being concerned about what's happening today, possibly the other being more concerned about what's going on with the large vision. Mm-hmm. And certain people can do better in various moments or environments with mm-hmm. attacking the today versus attacking a long-term vision. Right. I think it's a little bit of both, but at the same time, I think it's helpful to sit down with yourself and really, like you were saying, have that vision in mind and just be willing to take random, also calculated steps towards it because we really don't know what tomorrow brings. Mm -hmm. And I think that's part of accepting this desire to be perfect, but also welcoming the imperfections as well. And that's what happened when we started the show. Like we had a vision, but we did not, we didn't have the right tools to create that vision so we had to just like move slow and it felt so slow just like moving and continuing to show up despite Uh like the quality that we were putting out knowing that we could yeah demoralizing certain days like there were certain days we didn't even want to record i mean exactly comfortable saying that right we pulled up but kind of even towards in episode 15 i think i remember us talking about just the consistency and what it takes to execute anything. I mean, obviously we're participating in the creator economy, but Mm -hmm. of course, even if you're in a corporate space or whatever type of side hustle or work that you're doing, I think everyone faces these moments where they're going to feel the pressure Mm -hmm. of being imperfect. And a lot of times it's not even internal, or if it is internal, it's from you internalizing the Mm -hmm. societal, as we always say, expectations Mm -hmm. around what being perfect looks like and the definitions surrounding that. Like you have to get straight A's or you have to get a certain score on an SAT, ACT right. test in order to excel. You need to play D1 tennis or else you're not a real athlete. Like all of yeah. these things we've projected onto ourselves because mm-hmm. this is kind of what society has promoted over time. And yeah. we have to do work to unlearn that, to feel comfortable mm-hmm. interacting with ourselves, but also as we move and take those unclear steps towards the vision. But I think having clarity on the vision I know it's so weird to talk about. I still to this day, like I know what I want my life to feel like, but if someone were to have me 
explain like all of those steps that lead up to it. I really couldn't. Mm -hmm. And I think that's okay. I've mm -hmm. definitely gained acceptance over that for myself. I think that's one way that I'm allowing myself to try not to be perfect 24 seven. Like I know what I want it to look like. I know what I want it to feel like mm -hmm. in a terms of a lifestyle, but mm -hmm. the steps I'm still kind of unclear on. I can yeah. tell you vaguely, you know, where I would like to be when I'm 25. I mean, and why I'm so unclear about it, it's not necessarily self-doubt, but I'm thinking about where I was when I was graduating from Claremont McKenna, how I thought that my life would project after those two, four, six years. I literally have in my Google Docs a five-year plan that talks about mm -hmm. what I want to be doing within those five years. Yeah. A lot of that stuff has not happened. Yeah. And I'm okay with that because yeah. I've seen a shift and I'm welcoming it. Right. But at the same time, I don't think that that means I'm imperfect. Mm -mm. I think that that's just the process as us as aftergrads have to adjust to. Yeah. You have to submit to being ignorant of not knowing. You have to submit to, of course, like we just said, being imperfect. And you have to submit yourself to making mistakes in order to let the current really take you to where you need to go. So yeah, everything you were saying like hits those mm -hmm. points, like coming out of school and like not knowing, but then also having all this information that you want to know and continue learning. But then also like just letting loose of time and what money brings and right. what money can provide and just working with what you have. That's the beauty. And that's what, and I forgot what actor said this, but he said the fastest way to get to where you want to go is by going slowly. Mm -hmm. And so we are moving. And I don't think our slow. current generation, especially Gen Z, I don't think they have that internalization <laughs> just yet, but I, I definitely understand that now. Yeah. Cause I just think about, like I said, the previous two years about how I wanted to get these things done quickly because yeah. I felt like that <clears throat> was going to create the lifestyle that I wanted. But again, you talking about being ignorant of those next steps, I think you have to be comfortable with it taking a long time, yeah. especially if you're starting with a deficit as right. a lot of our aftergrads are, as we are, and deficits can come in many different shapes and sizes. Yeah. It can be economic, it can be in various levels of privilege and things like that. But yeah, Def I think yeah. the long term, it's the attention span for me. And that, that was too. so hard being part of Gen Z. Like everything is so much faster to us. We even consume content way quicker. We just think everything needs to move faster because it also they were saying as well that like Gen Z's were seeing we grew up hearing how the world is going to end and so forth. <laughs> yeah. So a lot of us have this kind of YOLO mentality or like move really quickly mentality to like live as much of life as possible before, you know, yeah. <laughs> everything explodes. Yeah. And they were trying to see how it correlates to, you know, maybe some children growing up too quickly and so forth. But I won't continue on that tangent because mm -hmm. I feel like that is a kind of hard argument to come full circle by. But what I will stand for that was spoken was that like our attention span is very low mm -hmm. and so therefore we don't also stay committed to things as well if it doesn't show for itself within mm -hmm. that slow process of time right. um which is not it because if we would have quit a long time ago if if that was the case like right. if we decided that listen this is not moving fast enough for yeah. us boom pow but then that's how we lose a lot of great ideas that's right. how we lose a lot of great inventions and so again i said this before but like the best um, inventors, um, or like the invention lab at Google, like mm -hmm. the reason why they had so much success over the past years was not because they had geniuses in the room who knew what to make off rip and were just perfect off rip. No, they knew how to make a lot of mistakes really, really quickly mm -hmm. over a period of time so that they could make the great invention yeah. and come forward and, you know, do that no matter how long it took 
to get through that bad, they knew that eventually it would hit a good. And so right. they just sped that process up. And over time, that trend just made a positive trend. Right. So I, I stand beside that. Mm -hmm. Like you have to go through that cycle and you have to stay committed right. to that cycle or else you're not, of course, you're not going to see any results, but right. y'all are so quick. Not y'all, me included. <laughs> Us, everybody we are so quick, in. right? We're so quick to just be like, mm, next. Yeah. But I mean, hey, who can... Like I think it's a balancing act. Yeah, right, because we got we have bills coming in every yeah, week. Of course, we, uh, of right. course, we want to move fast. Yeah, because the world's fast. moving fast on us, it, it, and it's ooh, just like, yeah, it what is. do you expect? Yeah. So at the same time, sis, sir, I, I I'm on your side too. Yeah. If you're listening and you're like, well, shoot, I don't have time. Yeah. I don't have time to make mistakes because right. I my lifestyle is not just dependent on me; it's dependent on family. Right. Like it, what I provide today affects mm -hmm. my tomorrow. It does, and so. When I hit, when I reach that dead end of thought, mm -hmm. I'm like, With the solution, we're not given the time, right? Right? Yeah. Like, I think we've expressed that too. Like you were saying, you got a chance for this summer to really kind of like get Mellow into, out. right? Yeah. Like get into the books and so mm -hmm. forth. And like that process is not granted to everyone. And right. like, we say all the time that we're so grateful for that, but like, what do we do for those mm -hmm. who don't have that time? How do, yeah. how can they solve for that time? Of course, we know that because of social media and because of the technological innovations that Gen Z and young folks currently have very short attention spans. And that then trickles over into our presence when we might be in jobs, we might be leaving within six months, mm -hmm. or we don't have the desire to stay committed mm -hmm. to things that we're learning or to particular careers that we might be pursuing, but I feel like you have to locate that balance and you have to be able to say to yourself, and if I'm going to see real tangible results, I do have to be committed and I have to accept that this is going to take a long period of time. And while that does imply a certain degree of pressure, because again, we were talking about how we just don't know if there's going to be that particular payoff that we want to see, I think you have to constantly go back and forth with checking in mm -hmm. with yourself to see, okay, am I actively giving enough energy for me to even see the type of payoff that I want mm -hmm. from this thing to begin with? Being so, real with yourself in the mirror? Being real with yourself yeah. in the mirror, like a whole Issa Rae moment on Insecure. Like you really right. need to talk to yourself. Like, am I doing everything? Am I going as hard as I possibly can? Right. And I think that we might be struggling with being able to have some type of perspective, trying to step outside of our own reality and understand that the answer to whether or not you might be going or being as committed as you possibly can, the actual answer might be no, mm. but we aren't able to be real with ourselves, which then leads us to say, I'm done. I'm quitting. Like, I'm not going to pursue this when it's so unfortunate because you could be so talented and you could be offering something so valuable to yourself, to communities, to a corporation like you were talking about inventions, mm -hmm. there might be this idea that, I don't know, you might be in a phase where you're trying to seek investments and you're getting constant no's from people in terms of these investments that you might be trying to gain for yourself. But if you let those no's slow you down mm -hmm. and shift your intensity as you go after what you're trying to create, it's unfortunate because you weren't able to stick through yeah. for the long-term payoff. Yeah. And all of this creates pressure. And I kind of want to go back to a point you were making earlier about using this analogy of tennis or any type of high level athletics. Billie Jean King, we both play tennis. We're familiar with her, her mm -hmm. work, her history. She has a phrase, which is pressure is a privilege. Mm -hmm. And I really, for, for tennis, for sports, for being in corporate environments, for being in the creator economy, anything, 
I live by those words because I think it's so important when you feel that pressure, the pressure to be perfect, the pressure to perform in sports and academics, it truly is an honor because if not, there's nothing to live up to. There's nothing to be done to push new boundaries, to expand and to create something beautiful. So while you might be fearful of the unknown, while you might be struggling to transition into a new position, a new job or something like this, mm -hmm. internalize that pressure to be perfect. Mm -hmm. Of course, honor your mental health, but at the same time, recognize that you have a job and it's a privilege to be in a position of whatever you are doing. Yeah. And you have an opportunity to create immense value, not mm -hmm. only for yourself, but for other people. Yeah. So again, I'm just always about finding the nuances to the situation. And I just yeah. love those words by Billie Jean because yeah. I think it translates to so many things, especially the journey that we're walking on yeah. right now. Yeah, yeah. And again, I, I really want, we said it lightly before, but I want to bring it back as like, we're trying to figure out like where you channel your perfectionism. Because yeah. like, regardless, I've realized as well is like a lot of like, quote unquote issues or things that that constantly get in the way of like career lifestyle and so forth they don't necessarily go away like anxiety doesn't really go away never. um perfectionism for me doesn't never really go away but what i've realized is ways i can channel it for good mm -hmm. and be really aware of when i'm channeling it for bad and sometimes the majority of the time the perfectionism is projected onto yourself right. rather than put onto factors. like a project exactly mm -hmm. exactly and so it it turns into negative talk and it turns in, and then we talk about like the cyclical cycle of like a psycho cybernetic cycle within yourself of you constantly telling yourself you're not good you're not this you're not that and then we all know how that turns out yeah you become it yeah then it becomes seemingly inherent yeah. and not something that's learned and right. so i realize now that my perfectionism was more on the learned side and mm -hmm. it, it came from certain traumas or certain instances and I have to evaluate those instances so I can then unfold and unravel those things for my present. Yeah. So when those new realities arise that are similar to what I experienced when I was younger, mm -hmm. I know and I'm prepared and understand that I should not be, you know, channeling the perfectionism onto me and right. that instead I'd be like, oh, whoa, hold up. Yeah. What we're not going to do is that what I'm not going to feel mm -hmm. pressure is, is in time. And um, I'm not going to let it allow me to feel like I'm not getting to where I need to go for the future vision. Yeah. And that's exactly what we did like coming into the season is also we we wanted to come back a lot sooner. Yeah. We wanted to sure. come back in like September-ish, right? Like even October. <laughs> like saying August. it out loud, I'm like, oh my yeah, God. Right. We, and we're in November right now. Thinking, it's literally November 1st. Yeah. 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 So I kind of changed my perspective on like the time factor. It's a trade-off, right? Is. So like in order to get closer to our vision, we traded off time right. um, in order to get to what we're, this is looking like now. But yeah. if we were to, you know, put that process. Pressure, right, right. Yeah. So in certain instances, you have to kind of negotiate with yourself as well as like, do you want to give yourself more time in order to get that perfectionism right. that you want? Yeah. Or do you want to get it done right now and leave behind the perfectionism tendencies? And so yeah. I think we did that at the beginning and right. then for the second season, we were like, uh, oh, no, we're going to trade out that time. Up, right, how we want we're going to trade out that time. Period. Yeah. Yeah. And I feel like a perfect way to wrap up what you're saying on this topic of perfectionism in terms of is it a good factor or is it a negative factor? Kind of thinking about like what you said, is it being projected from an external factor mm. or is it the desire to be perfect coming from within? Mm. And I think checking and determining, okay, if it's coming from within, which is what this second phase for us in terms of how we wanted to pull up for season two was it was definitely coming from an internal desire to make sure that the vision was visioning yeah. and it was being created in the way that we had always imagined for it. Yeah. We weren't 
being beholden to the pressure of time, to the pressure of other individuals saying like, where y'all at, mm -hmm. et cetera, things like that. You know, we wanted to come back the way that we wanted to come back because yeah. we care about the message for yeah. after grads, for us, the work that we're putting out into the universe. We want it to be high quality so that mm -hmm. it just continues to grow. Mm -hmm. And I mean, I'm so proud of yeah, everything that yeah. we've been able to achieve and in our in the midst of our like career lives as well like outside of like the podcasting i'm i'm taking this lesson for sure because mm -hmm. again i i want to be somewhere certain and but uncertainty is here yeah it's really it's yeah. really here and so in it i'm just really just chilling yeah i feel like that's <laughs> there's so many ways that we can talk about perfectionism i mean i think even in our current life right now like aside from the podcast like everything hasn't been going perfect for us as we both navigate our different ventures and our personal career and things like that as i work with clients as you work with clients etc like things on that end hasn't been perfect either and i mean i will say this too i'm just grateful that i have you and i think you just have to have a teammate or i just yeah. can't imagine doing this by myself Same. i really really can't <laughs> and it wouldn't make sense either like there's yeah. so many aftergrads there's so many people like eventually we're gonna have a whole moment where we bring multiple aftergrads right. on the show and we just talk about how we're feeling and yeah. the ways in which we're leveling up together but i just i can't imagine going through these tough moments where i'm beating myself up because i am a perfectionist mm -hmm alone and being yeah. lonely in those moments. But I always have you, especially because we're living together as yeah. well, to talk through these things yeah. and to just have a sounding board because that for me is one way, once I can afford therapy, I'm definitely gonna be going there <laughs> and talking about my issues with being a perfectionist. But mm. for now I have you, my best yeah. friend to talk through like, okay, am I being too perfect in this moment? Yeah. Like, should I just let this thing go? Yeah. Yes, no, maybe so, let's talk it out. And I have that privilege because we're working in such close relations right, right. now and it's, such a privilege and I'm grateful. Yeah, for sure. That's a point. That's a point. There's definitely the word community within oh. that formula. We just made a whole formula. Yeah. Yeah. There's time that depends on per that like affects perfectionism and then also community that aids the perfectionism right. for sure. And a lot of other like mental things that we go through as we go through this journey. And so that's why it's like so important for this moment right here. On that note, we have a post thought that we wanted to talk about Yeah, post thought. today as well. I mean, it connects to the idea of being a perfectionist. It's this concept of quietly quitting, being a quiet quitter. Where did you find this post thought? Where did I find this post thought? Yeah, because you found it. I did find it. You're totally right. I'm like, huh? Where did I find it? <laughs> I think I really didn't find a particular post for this one, mm -hmm. but I... It was an article? Yeah, it was a collection of articles, oh, to be fair. Okay. Yeah, it was multiple articles because I've just been seeing... Oh my God, I just love my chains. <laughs> 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 but it was a collection of articles because that's just been a topic of conversation mm -hmm. right now. No, I can't get my eyes off the chance. <laughs> Sorry. No, you're good. Yeah. But yeah, there's that's just been talk of the town right now because mm -hmm. the girls are in corporate and kind of in conjunction with the great resignation and people still being in the corporate environments, being in any type of position really, but specifically in the corporate environment, you're having a lot of people who are quietly quitting and I think today for our post thoughts, we wanted to just talk through this. How is it related to being a perfectionist? What that looks like? Is it okay? Is it a bad thing? I know different perspectives <laughs> exist on the matter. So, and I'm sure fellow aftergrads are experiencing this too. Actually, I have to confirm. I mean, different people in my life have expressed to me that they are quietly quitting 
currently. So mm-hmm. it's just so interesting to me because I know the like work the ethic. job at hand. So like they're in a position or they're mm-hmm. they're dedicated to a certain project, yeah. but internally they're like not present. They're not, yeah, it's kind of like you're doing the bare minimum. Yeah, that's really helpful. We should define like what quiet quitting is yeah. so that everyone is on the same page. Quiet quitting is essentially doing exactly nothing more, sometimes maybe less, mm-hmm. of what the job description details Mm -hmm. for you so obviously when you have this overachiever mindset or you have this like perfectionist mindset i know for me i'm always going to go above and beyond i'm going to make sure Mm -hmm. that in my eyes the work is perfect but people that are quietly quitting are suffering from overwhelmia they're exhausted they might be having issues with their coworkers and their managers and their bosses and so they're just like you know what you know what but i actually feel like there's a difference between like your effort and your perfection Okay. I feel like there's a difference. I think because you can yeah. still be, you can still yes. put in that effort cuz you were saying like you show up and you put in 100, right? Mm-hmm. But I feel like me I'm the same way. Mm-hmm. I feel like I have to be perfect. It's a part it's a part of it, mm-hmm. but maybe there is a way you can separate it so that you're not like going tenfold and over and again like going on that negative cycle that we were talking about earlier mm-hmm. um and just getting the work done and putting yeah. the effort in right but yeah. not necessarily like, how do you draw aside the perfectionist mm-hmm. out of that? Yeah, you I know? think, yeah, no, that's a great question. I honestly feel like the solution partially is separating your identity from your profession, almost. <laughs> Ain't that a word? I know it is. I know y'all <laughs> felt that because that's what we're trying to work towards. Like, we love what we do for a living. I mean, that's the goal. That's the purpose. That's the Say point. We're trying Say to separate. I forgot what I said. We're trying to separate our identity from our profession. That's the goal. Ain't that the goal? That's where it's rooted in. That's where the health is at. That's where the mental health is. That's how you put yourself, yeah. Because you don't want to say trick yourself. Well, society and corporate environments, in some sense, trick us because you go in wide-eyed and bushy-tailed, excited (laughs) to assume this new responsibility and everything that's on the job description. But then you get into it, people want to try you. The corporate environment wants to try you your manager wants to message you at 9 p.m child business hours is over okay <laughs> this is well documented why are you all up in my microsoft teams why are you all up in my mentions on my ig dms why are you messaging me why do i have an email from you deck due tomorrow child i'm trying to take care of my children, <laughs> my children. so i just this is where it's coming from people are quietly quitting they're over it they're tired and so when you have these environments and you're in this moment, you decide like, I have to continue to pay my bills, but I'm not ready to shift because I thought I liked this job. So why am I not enjoying myself? That's kind of where this notion of quietly quitting mm-hmm. is coming from. And you have a lot of people who are experiencing that right now. I'm yeah. not sure, maybe Gen Z is experiencing it more than older folks, but even so, no, I know I feel exactly. like this, especially it's just now finally being written it's about because it's on the low as you yeah. said it's literally in the title like quiet quitting yeah but yeah no there, there's a point <laughs> no where you're just know. like i'm over it yeah i'm done i've I'm had done. it but I've i think I, I think but i got bills to pay. again yeah there's contingencies yes. that you have to abide by for. yeah every time and that's where it's coming from so i for one i i mean i i support it I, I listen, me, I try to, I go mm-hmm. through, I feel the quiet, when I feel the quiet quitting, hitting mm-hmm. me and spiritually, um, I take note. Yeah. I write it down. I'm like, yeah. hmm, I'm feeling this way today. Mm-hmm. Like, I don't feel like going into work. I'm right. be there, but yeah. I'm not there. Mm-hmm. I let that only 
stay for two months. But yeah. again, like mm -hmm. I, I say this and I understand that that might be a privilege, but not really. Mm -hmm. Sometimes for me, it's a decision. Yeah. And I do have other things yeah. <laughs> depending on that paycheck. Yeah. Uh, but despite that, I just, yeah. I know I it, it comes into reputation mm -hmm. for me and I always want to leave on a good note. Always, and yeah. I'd rather leave now mm -hmm. Before the, before you, the quiet quitting becomes very prevalent in my work. Uh, it's becoming present and then people know and then, you're loudly quitting. Yeah, <laughs> exactly, exactly. So, I mean, but that, that's just me. I know everyone moves differently and I know everyone's case is different. Mm -hmm. But for me, when I start feeling that, specifically since we're talking about like the aftergrad moment, so maybe a majority of us have that luxury of being able to move and shift into another job before mm -hmm. we really get like contracted in. Yeah. I, I move, I listen to mm -hmm. it the first time. Yeah. And you have to acknowledge yeah, it. Yeah. 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 And if you have the privilege to listen to it the first time, then listen to it the first time, because yeah. boo, once you hit the second and third, yeah. it's, it's sometimes it's too late. And again, it's like, I say this all the time, but like time is our asset in this mm -hmm. moment. And so if you can yep. figure that out now, then pivot. Pivot right now. And I should also give a more nuanced response because I was like, I support it. So I don't necessarily support it, but I just acknowledge why it's happening. Right. I wanted to share that. Mm. So I think, again, when you're operating from an individualistic standpoint and you're the person that's in these environments, always I'm going to say you've got to prioritize your mental mm -hmm. every single time. But at the same time, I'm just I'm, I'm really big on getting a job done. It's never worth sacrificing your physical and mental and spiritual well-being mm -hmm. so that's why i then lean into what you're saying when you recognize that okay this is becoming toxic mm -hmm. then i need to do my best to try to figure out where to go but then there's that other point go right ahead. Oh, okay yeah but yeah sometimes you need to really understand why you're quitting because mm -hmm. yeah. i'm seeing some people and they're quitting just because they don't like the word yeah uh-huh and yep. i'm like but then you yeah. have to sit down with yourself it's again that mirror yeah that mirror sit down or that friend or that mentor mm -hmm. who tells you boo you want to be here but you have to be here yes. first you, you have, have to be, be present here. in this moment yes. in order to really get to where you want to go so now you just have a stank attitude and you just mm -hmm. want to be at the happy glamorous right. part when again we just talked about it you have to get through the ugly the unperfect mm -hmm. and the unknown first so yeah i mm, quite quitting but why but why are right. you quiet why quitting? yeah exactly everything is so nuanced so yeah exactly i like that question why are you quietly quitting mm -hmm. and then understanding why right and the reason as to why you went there in the first place mm -hmm. but then it's also like i blame i definitely i'm placing most blame on the corporations a lot of time and mm -hmm. the society that capitalism is existing within because you have these job descriptions too again like no one asked to be messaged at 9 p.m in the off mm -hmm. hours after business hours and so like i want to offer that support like okay i definitely understand why people are literally over it right now but again the, that it could be corporations like not um, being clear and transparent right, like right. tell me that you're about or to stepping over their me. boundaries yes yes you're yeah. stepping over their boundaries and i mean Again, sometimes, obviously, we say like, yeah, you have to set those boundaries when you're going into the position, ask what you want up front. But sometimes you have people that don't have the confidence, which is then rooted in particular community members being told that they're already unworthy for that position to begin with. So yeah. they don't even feel comfortable advocating for the, themselves right. off rip. So then you get into the position, you're being overworked, you're and then, then they being want capitalized to be and exploited. They want to be perfect. And it goes into this cycle which then leads to people quietly quitting yeah. and being stressed yeah. and feeling imperfect. So it's just multiple people, I think, coming to the forefront. You have these corporations, you have society at large, you have various laws that make 
corporations, mm -hmm. a more enjoyable place to feel and be mm -hmm. in this period where like we were saying earlier in a little bit in episode one, so much innovation and technological change is happening so rapidly. Mm -hmm. And so everyone is experiencing growing pains right now. Yeah. But at the end of the day, it's the people, we've said this earlier, right, that right. make the corporation, that make any business run. It's your human capital. And right. if you're not listening to them and cherishing them and showcasing the ways in which you care mm -hmm. about them, you're not going to have a sustainable business. Right. But the then the it, it draws the line with like what you were saying, when corporations start to pass their boundaries, it does come to a level of I, knowing your confidence in yourself and what is meant for you mm -hmm. will come. And if it does mean stepping away from this environment yep. and that's what your soul is telling you, then, then simply step it, yep. and it won't, it won't hurt you, especially if you have confidence that they are. And then sometimes before the step, of mm -hmm. course, because, you know, we shouldn't just hop to that. Right. We always but make I mean, caveat. there's also the part of, you know, communicating that yeah. as well. But then having confidence to communicate that clearly yeah. that, listen, like this is that time frame I have for myself. Right. And by you intruding that time, I'm having less time to get myself together to then come up full heartedly to the work that I, that needs to be done. Yeah. And it, it can avoid the situation of quiet quitting. Mm -hmm. But, yeah, it all circles back always to that why factor and mm -hmm. which why is OK yeah. to step. Right? right. So, like one question I would ask myself before, because. I always, when it starts to seep, I'm like, hold on, but is it because you don't want to do work? And we just mm -hmm. said that. But then I ask myself, have you learned everything from this opportunity? Mm -hmm. Have you learned everything you felt like you needed to learn from this opportunity? And I do a reflection. I yeah. really think about it. Like, what have I learned? How has it changed me yeah. as a person? Because everything, even if it was like the bad situation, it's supposed to be instrumental or it has meaning to your story. Mm -hmm. And so- I, I go through that. I go through how does this add, how has it added to my story and why yeah. do I feel like it's now a chapter that needs to be closed? Yeah. Um, and so when I can confidently say, yeah, I learned this mm -hmm. and I learned this and yeah. I learned this, but it's really time for me to go and my spirit is not here yep. to show up a hundred anymore. Yep. I leave. You have to. I do. Yeah. And then it, it finds the right next thing finds me right in the yeah. nick of time yeah. before the bank is Right. Right. <laughs> right. 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 And like, yeah. it's literally, again, following the wave. When one wave lets you down, you get that yeah. next current, babes. Yeah. And so it, it happens, but it's trust. It's mm -hmm. trust in that. And yeah. that trust is, it's, it's very, um, it has an equilibrium with like faith and mm -hmm. then confidence. And it's yeah. like all those three, if you Working can have that, that is a huge center compass for yourself and moving when you need to move and so forth. So yeah. Yeah, this this quiet quitting is a thing. It but a thing. again, I feel like our solution would be ask yourself the why and ask figure out if that why is fixable or not. And if yeah. it's not, begin yeah. to shift and make a jump. All right, Africans, that's it for this episode. If you enjoyed and want to keep up with us, definitely give us a follow on Instagram at The Aftergrad Podcast. If you enjoyed our visual version, make sure to subscribe on our YouTube channel. There you can be notified of our latest releases. And we would also appreciate a five-star review. Not only are we appreciative of it, but it helps us grow this growing Aftergrad family. And we still want to hear from you. So if you have any questions, comments, life situations that pertain to being an Aftergrad, definitely share those with us via our form so that we can feature them on an upcoming episode. For now, we are still just navigating the pandemic, careers, our goals, and who knows what else. <laughs>